0: You're listening to the Sunday Betfair Edge on SEN. Trade markets and find better odds this spring racing with Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call
1: 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to the Sunday Betfair Edge. Miles Fitzner, Tom Aylock with you. Thanks to Betfair. Find better odds on AFL finals at Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Gee whiz, we've got the text machine fired up. It's happening. Here, Tommy. And, uh, well, we want to discuss more football and who better to chat to than the 322-game, three-time All-Australian superstar of AFL Nation in Nick Del Santo. Morning, Dell. Del. Good morning, boys. How are we? Going very well. Hey, mate, can you remember finals, like a first week of finals like that in your time? Unbelievable weekend of footy. Yeah, it was.
0: And how fitting it was. You know, you go back two weeks ago when teams were still up in the air, whether they were going to be in or weren't going to be in. And, you know, rewind the clock to that time, round 23. And just from a football purist perspective, you wanted teams that were in form, And pretty much the best eight teams at that stage of the year. And I think we've got that. And I reckon the last three days have been a reflection of all of those teams being somewhere near their very best. And I covered the game last night, the big game in Perth, and I thought there's no way that this game could live up to the standard of the previous three. And after the first 30 minutes when the Dockers forgot to turn up and it was all about the dogs (laughs) kicking five goals, I thought, here we go. We've had three rippers and there's never four in a row. It's never happened. And then what an incredible comeback and what a great weekend of football it, it has been. So it just, it just makes it difficult going forward. Now we go two games next week, obviously, two the following the granny. I don't know if it can get much better than what we've just seen.
1: Well, it's, it, if it gets better, we're in for a treat. But uh, so you and Paul Hayes will be just looking at each other 30 minutes into that game saying, where are we going for a beer? Just uh, already lined up a booking <laughs> at a restaurant there somewhere down.
0: And I reckon there was about 58,000 Docker supporters in off the stadium saying the exact same thing. What's the <laughs> quickest way to get out of here and never, and never speak about this game ever again? But oh, I was, you know, just quickly on that game, the the way that they just stuck to their, their, their style and clearly their defence was out of whack, particularly early. You know, Marcus Bonson-Pelly kicks two goals in the first quarter and it was just... Things weren't going their way. Their, their team defence was poor. Their ball movement was poor. But by saying all of that, they still just had, I think it was four shots. Walters had two chances. Lobb had two chances, which they resulted in one behind. So it wasn't like they were completely out of it. They just hadn't executed anything they'd probably spoken about previously. But what a great response. And then that last five minutes of the second quarter to kick four goals, just give them some sort of hope going into halftime.
1: Uh, Dal, there's been a lot of conjecture about the umpiring and some decisions over the weekend. The text machine and he's absolutely lit up. Uh, if you would have watched most of it, does it just it all comes out in the wash, doesn't it, for both sides? Yeah, yeah. Uh... Oh, <laughs> so hang hang on, on, hang on, Dal. <laughs> Tell us what you really think.
0: We're going to and be diplomatic, and then I thought, nah, stuff it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, think- Clearly, clearly the big one was Thursday night. Now, the, the Tom Lynch, th- this is my take on it. I think they ultimately got the right result, and I'm only judging that on Tom Lynch. And nobody knows the result of a kick better than the kicker. And Tom Lynch knew that it had missed. So I think they got the right result in the end. I think the process was wrong. And that, the, the vision that we saw, that the guys making the decision in the review saw... Was not conclusive to be able to overturn. I, I don't see how that was ever the, the correct way to go about it. But I think the result was correct. Do yeah, um, Tom something you, crazy about finals? Do you, yeah. Do you, sorry, do do you think Do you think the umpires, the goal umpires, are forced to actually make a decision? If he he wouldn't go, I actually don't know. I couldn't make it to the goalpost to see whether it went over the post. Do you think he's inclined to be forced to guess in a sense? Uh... Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, I'm trying to think of an occasion since that review system's come back in where a goal umpire has openly said, I actually don't know. And the bit I don't like about the goal review system is, even though we have this to give clarity, you can still get two different results given on what the umpire initially indicates. You have to go back to your decision. So I don't like the theory that you can get two different outcomes from the same action. Um, but I, I can't remember a time where an umpire has put his hand up and said, hey, I didn't get there in time. My line of sight wasn't great. It, I mean, Tomlin should have kept the goal. That's the other way to look at it. You're, you're a metre and a half out on a, slight, on, a, on a tough angle, but he still should have executed that. But there is something a little bit broader about umpiring in finals. Uh, there, there's no doubt that the play was allowed to go on more. Yep. Holding the ball was less. The play was given more time to get rid of the football. I think the niggle that was once and I'm talking about the regular season, so two weeks ago that was once, you know, you, you couldn't do that is allowed. We, we we secretly love it as fans. We love that it's a little bit different for finals, but it actually contradicts everything that we actually yeah. want. We want consistency in everything that we see, but I mean, I, I sort of sit here, you know, waking up this morning, just thrilled by the whole spectacle of four games of footy, and I know there's always a couple of moments that'll always uh, get spoken about, I guess. I want to ask you about the Bulldogs. Obviously, Frio came back and a huge win to them, but Bulldogs the biggest loser from the four matches? Uh, That's a difficult one because I actually didn't give the Bulldogs much of a chance. Mm. So the actual result, I think, is what everybody thought. The way that they got there was completely different. You know, to kick five in the first quarter and then to kick three for the remainder of the game. And, you know, in some ways, not be in it for three and a bit quarters. It was a huge surprise i think there's other results you know i think the melbourne one now really makes the draw interesting as they'll Mm. cross over and not have the the direct you know route to to the grand final if they are able to get there so i think that's more of an intriguing piece rather than the dogs And and i spoke about this last night i'm intrigued by what the dogs do in this off season you know it's one thing for us to speak about their list and what they need and what they don't need. But I really am interested in what they do with the trade period and then what they're looking to bring in. Do they think they can go again? Is it just a matter of finding another key forward, for example, or finding another key defender or both and saying, hey, we're still somewhere around the mark. We just need to, you know, put a couple more pieces in there.
1: Is it fair to say probably the four form kind of sides um, really won the respective matches?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And even looking at the Sydney Swans and what they were able to do on Friday night, you know, I was at the game, I saw the game yesterday with Geelong as well. Geelong and Collingwood was an unbelievable game. And all um, numbers and stats leading into the game says Geelong has to win. But Collingwood were exceptional. So they were worthy of a top four position by their performance yesterday. I I thought their intensity around the football just their, just their grit, just their desire to compete was just exceptional. Nick Daykos for a young man starting oh, his career, some of his composer, composure. Yeah. And there was one particular, one particular moment in the last quarter. He's on centre wing. He's got pressure coming from the front. Every other player in Australia would have just booted it long, but not Nick Daykos He finds a short target in the in a split second, and they and that results in the Jordan De goal. It was. Just moments like that, you think this is just an incredible young man making his way through uh through the system. So yeah, I think the the four informed teams did win uh, on the weekend.
1: Dow yeah, Peter Dakos said at a function before the game that he had the boys that morning in their routine. They mowed the lawn, took the bins out and had to wash the car. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Oh, I thought that was pretty good. That's
0: I- um, yeah, yeah, I think they're almost at the stage where they can tell their dad where to go, though, aren't yeah, they? Like, yeah, yeah, well, I, I was surprised the still,
1: the yeah, well, I was surprised they're still at home, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I wouldn't be.
0: You were, well, that, <laughs> that's, that's, the mod, that's the modern young person, though, isn't it? Just saving a few pennies in the pocket before they start buying yeah. houses all over Australia. <laughs> but um, you've got to keep them humble. If that's their routine and they've done it their whole life, then make sure they're doing their chores at home. Dale will be remiss of us to get you on and not produce or get a tip for you. Who wins the big thing? Who wins it? Come on. I said that the safest safest bet in Australia, in Australian sport, was Geelong. But then what I saw yesterday, I just retract that a tiny bit. Mm. I'm going to go with Sydney. I think, and maybe that's a little bit too you know, short-sighted on what they did on the weekend. By saying that, I think Sydney will be better placed next year. Whatever happens in the next three weeks, I think Sydney will be better placed and a better team next year. Um, but they were the best performer on the weekend for me. I loved what Sydney did. did their, their blood culture to stop the opposition in defence. Their scoring power and Buddy didn't really fire a shot. So there's upside with some, you know, individuals, individuals as well. I love what the Swans are doing.
1: Uh, Dal, appreciate your time on a Sunday morning. understand you're coaching the AFLW, St Kilda v. the Hawks today, so best of luck with that. Chat to you again soon and uh, have a great Sunday. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nick Thanks,
0: guys. Enjoy September.
1: Good on you, mate. Nick Del Sano there. He's a jet. It's in... great to have him on, yeah. Tell you what, he's didn't, didn't our man, J.D., just get a little bit excited Saints, when he gets – yeah, Dal, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, Mr. Del Sano, he's going there. <laughs> Let's go to a break. We'll come back the other side of these five better on AFL finals at Betfair Gamble responsibly.
0: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNC's apply.